Hey Taylor Army, welcome back. Happy Halloweeny, everybody. Right, Sleek? You wanna say hi? No? Oh, he is mad. I hope y'all are loving the, these get-ups right now. I am just like, oh, super wicked, awesome, uber stoked, like every like New England word I can think of. I am repping ripped apparel today uh, with my Batty Juice shirt. I love it. And I am channeling my inner Winona Ryder. Uh, I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> with my Beetlejuice fingernails, guys. I don't know if you can kind of see them. They're super cool. <laughs> and Slinky has some bat wings with my lunatic cosmetics. <laughs> so, in honor of Halloween, I wanted to tell one of my more creepy ghost stories of what it was like growing up haunted. Real ghost stories from yours truly at my expense. Um, kind of cool to laugh about now. Definitely was not laughing when they happened. So <laughs> here it goes in honor of Halloween. So for anyone that has not uh, seen or has yet to read the blogs, Growing Up Haunted, or seen Real Ghost Stories Parts 1, 2, or 3, <laughs> I grew up in a house that was built in 1912 in Massachusetts. And I moved in in the early 90s, and I was probably about four or five years old, so this is probably, um, I moved in in probably 1994. <clears throat> four people had already died in the house by the time we had moved in, and Unfortunately, when I was five years old, my grandmother actually died in the house. It actually would later become our dining room, which is um, kind of odd, but um, you know, it is what it is. <clears throat> um, that was a really rough year, guys, because my mom was not yet married to her boyfriend, so she was uh, she was still a single mom, and she was in charge of my grandmother's hospice care. And being being a single parent and having to juggle taking care of a dying parent, that was that was kind of very hard to watch growing up. And um, that was a really kind of rough year in school too. You know, I was getting really bullied and. Um, I remember I had my, my kindergarten birthday party at the local bowling alley because my family had been involved with bowling for years. And I remember waiting around and nobody showed up. Like, it was it was so awful, guys. I cried. Like, not even my dad showed up. <laughs> my real dad showed up to my birthday. That was It was really bad. And it's like, my grandma died and nobody showed up to my birthday. I was getting bullied in school. It's like, how can you already be experiencing bullying in kindergarten? Um, <clears throat> So my mom ended up getting this like amazing idea to rescue a dog, sorry, fire truck, <laughs> um, from a Fall River Animal Rescue League. And it was so amazing. I love that place. We ended up later on getting another two dogs from there, and you know, as we got older. <clears throat> love that place. I love rescuing animals. That's why I'm a big believer in don't shop a dog. <laughs> and <clears throat> this may all sound very random, but it actually all, once again, fits into my story. <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> It kind of really helped, you know, like having a dog. I, I, I remember the day I picked him out, I was allowed to pick out the dog, and I just fell in love with him, in, with him instantly. He was an abused Portuguese hunting dog who came from a farm, and <coughs> he, he needed a home. We were looking for one that needed a home. It was perfect, and it, it was so cool. We just had like this instant bond that I still remember to this day. I think that's why I love my doggy, Slinky, so much. Um, <coughs> He would sleep in my room at night, which kind of made me a little less scared of my bedroom and my walk-in closet. And he would wait for me to come home from school every day, which kind of made it, you know, nicer to come home to, you know. And uh, <laughs> he kind of took some of the negative emotions that were happening in the house with the death of my grandmother away. And um, he made us kind of happy, you know. 
and um, he knew, by the way, what school bus was mine, and he would go and wait on the door. How cute is that? Like, that, that's something special right there. I, I never took that for granted. I love it. <laughs> so uh, we got into the same routine. He would see me when I would come home. He slept with me at night. It was great. Uh, well, all of a sudden, it became not so great. There was this one night, <laughs> within a year or so of my grandma passing away, and I just woke up for no reason, and I was very startled. And I sat up just in time, like a movie. It was so odd. It was, it was almost like perfect timing. I sat up, you know, kind of like Undertaker style, and <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I hear, and I knew, I knew what that sound was, guys. I see my closet door open and it was like then that I realized that my dog wasn't in my room, he wasn't on my bed where he was when I went to sleep and that wasn't very characteristic of him at that point in time. He would always sleep through the night with me. <coughs> Scared the hell out of me guys. I got up as fast as I could without trying to wake my mom and stuff and I started like whispering for my dog. His name was Cowboy. I'm like Cowboy, Cowboy. I don't see him in the hallway. So I start to go down the stairs, which go do, 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 do. And then you're on the first floor, it's 14 stairs. <laughs> when you get to the first floor, you have this hallway with the main landing. And something my sister and I always hated after my sister was born was the light switches for each hall were so far away. So you had to walk in the dark to get to each light and you had to walk in the dark to shut off the light. So it was like, you would turn on the light and run. You would shut off the light, run. So that way you didn't have to stay in the dark <laughs> in those stairs. And what's really creepy about those stairs that I didn't mention in uh, Growing Up Haunted Part 4 in my blog on Medium <coughs> was that uh, when you were going up and down the stairs, every single time, the stairs would creak on stairs that you weren't on. So, you know, you know, there's the old saying of, you know, a house settles, there's old houses, there's going to be noises and whatever. Well, it's kind of hard to explain that, you know, when you step on this certain stairs, they don't creak. But then when you're like five and six steps away, they'll creak as if, as if something's like following you up and down the stairs. And it would always give you like a chill on like your right side. And for me, I would always end up being like, like kind of like this. And it's kind of funny because I kind of adopted that in some of my wrestling personas. So if you ever wondered where I got that from, it was kind of my combination of growing up in a haunted house with like chills going down your side and my own imitation of what it would have been like if I was Victoria in the WWF when she was going against Trish Stratus. <laughs> so that's kind of a fun uh, Taylor Hendricks behind the scenes of wrestling fact within my haunted story. <coughs> so um, while I'm while I'm like going down the stairs whispering for my dog in the light slash dark because it was kind of like you know um, I, I, I heard these creakings and it was so creepy guys it was man i could feel something following me down the stairs from that room and it's like dude my door just opened by itself i'm going down the hall and something's following me down the stairs i do not feel right i do not feel safe but for some reason i didn't want to wake up my mom so i was going through this part like all by myself alone <laughs> uh, <clears throat> i'm starting to get very apprehensive i'm starting to feel you know, very uncomfortable, like, like something's like coming for me sort of thing. It was very, very creepy. <laughs> like I almost felt like if I turned around, there would be like a creepy child there or something like very, very weird. And I'm starting to say my dog's name a little bit louder now because I'm getting scared. I'm like, cowboy, cowboy. And I'm thinking to myself, I have two options. I can turn the corner and head into my living room 
or I can go back up the stairs when I feel like something's with me and go back to that open closet that should not have been opened in my bedroom. <laughs> well, I chose, the, uh, I chose the first option, which was to proceed on ahead and go into the living room. So I make the last few steps past the uh, triangular closet under the stairs, and then I head into the main little tiny hallway that connects the living room and the dining room, and I turn the corner. <laughs> That's the living room. Right as soon as I turn into the living room, that's where I see my dog. My dog is sitting as if someone told him to sit and stay, <coughs> right? And his attention is just fixed straight ahead. And it took me several seconds of like, why is he like sitting at attention like that to realize that the rocking chair is rocking like somebody, it's like, it was rocking back and forth as if someone was sitting in it and rocking. And I was like, rib shit, like flabbergasted, stunned in silent, complete shock. And like my, the rational part of my brain is like, okay, are there any cats in here? No, there's no cats making a fuss, no cats running to and from. Like maybe they jumped off the chair or something and that's why it's moving. But it wasn't moving in like a, a weird way. It was moving as if someone was like, you know, rocking back and forth in the chair. <laughs> And then it was then I noticed that my dog was clearly interacting with something or someone that was in the chair. And, and then it occurred to me, I was like, wait a second, the rocking chair is facing the TV in a direction that it wasn't uh, since my grandmother had died. Like she used to have it in a certain way and we had rearranged the living room ever since she passed away. <laughs> and then that's when I got up enough guts to be like, in a questioning way, I was like, grandma? And then my dog literally lay, he like put his paws down and laid down and continued to look at the rocking chair. And I, that's when I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and I don't know what it was. Like I was really scared and creeped out, but I was like, I once again still have the same two options. I can be here in this living room or I can go back upstairs to my Kruvia's bedroom where the door had opened. And so I decided to uh, stay with my dog and I sat down with my dog in front of the rocking rocking chair and I just pet my dog for a little while. And then when I finally um, kind of felt a little bit more calm and a little bit more at ease, like, you know, if this really is my grandma, she's not going to do anything to hurt me. You know what I mean? She's my grandma. She loved me. Um, <laughs> So I started to, uh, my dog started to come with me back up the stairs and I remember we, we went into the hallway and then we started going up the stairs. We're already past the triangular room under the stairs from the last story. And halfway up the stairs I hear, kind of like that. And it was my, my bedroom's walk-in closet's door slamming shut by itself. And that actually uh, woke up my mom. And my mom like saw me and my dog on the stairs and she kind of just looked at me and she was like, did you just slam your bedroom door? And I'm like, I'm only halfway up the stairs. There's, there's literally no way I could have, you know, touched my, my door. And it took her a second to realize, she looked back at the door and realized it wasn't my bedroom door that had shut, it was the closet. So, <laughs> that is Growing Up Haunted part four. I never did, guys, figure out what was in that bedroom. <laughs> I lived in that house from the time I was five until I was 22 years old when I moved out of that house to move to Kentucky to go to Ohio Valley Wrestling. So I literally spent a major chunk of my life growing up haunted in that haunted house and I never really got a whole lot of answers. And I spoke to my sister last year 
uh, we kind of started talking about the house and everything and she told me that she actually still had dreams about the house just like I did and it was kind of spooky it was like wow you know is this house like calling to us to go back you know I always was very intrigued I always kind of wanted to leave a recorder in the house and like no one was home or something but I was like too creeped out on what I would find you know you know what I'm saying like some questions are better left unanswered you know you don't really want to you know play with things that you don't really know how to control or understand so that's why I feel like I growing up haunted gave me a very 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 healthy respect for the things that go bump in the night I literally was living like a, a childhood R.L. Stein's nightmare every single day but what kind of reaffirmed that stuff was going on was it wasn't just happening to me. Things happened to my cousin, things happened to my grandfather, my mom, my sister when she started getting old enough to understand. Uh, so yeah, that's what it was like growing up haunted. Real ghost stories from Massachusetts, courtesy of me. Happy Halloween, everybody. And don't get into any candy comas and make sure you keep everything <laughs> away from your furry friends. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Hey Taylor Army, welcome back to again another episode of All Things Taylor where I'm going to do how to get past cyberbullying part two. <clears throat> so for me, the main components of how to approach and not approach and get over cyberbullying <clears throat> is very simple. There's not a one size fits all like I have said. So the first thing you have to learn how to do is learn to love yourself. That's the hardest thing in today's society to do. <clears throat> we're always being preached to and, and molded to buy this product, get this surgery, do that, wear those labels to impress all these people that at the end of the day don't care about you. Okay. <clears throat> you need to realize that your self-worth is not in any way based on A, other people's opinions, B, your likes, C, your followers, D, your comments, E, your subscribers, F, your swipe rights, and any other example that you can come up with. <clears throat> Your self-worth is solely based on how much you love yourself, how confident you can be in yourself and still be a good human being doing what you love and trying to make the world a better place than how you found it. That is where your self-worth should lie. Are you doing the right thing? <clears throat> Are you trying to be a good person? Are you trying to affect positive change in the world? Are you going after your dreams instead of wasting your life away? These, these key instances are where your true value as a human being lies. So when presented with an opportunity, choose to be kind. As my mother would say, say that to them, thank you very much and have a nice day. <coughs> Bullies of any kind, no matter where they're from, no matter how old they are, they don't care what you have to say. They're just looking for an excuse and you will never change their minds no matter how many facts you give them because their minds do not want to be changed. They want something from you and that's that. <clears throat> they already have a perception of you. You will not change that. But what you can change is how you either respond to them, not respond to them, or eliminate it from your life. The best thing to do is eliminate it from your life. You will not get any positivity out of hate. Hate only gets more hate and only wants more hate. That's why there's a common phrase, misery loves company. It's true for a reason. We need to be having more people join in on this conversation because that's the only way cyberbullying is going to go down. Older generations don't understand it because this was not their fight. This was not their problem. Okay, the days of come home when the street lights come on because it's time for dinner and it's getting dark out are gone. Cell phones, tablets, Instagram, social media, social media society, <clears throat> everything is social media. Everything is accessible to cyberbullying. Anything of yours can pretty much be hacked at any given time. 
So approach your life as if you were always on camera. If you do not want something to be seen, don't do it. Don't send it. Don't give somebody an opportunity to use something against you. Now, this doesn't mean be paranoid. This just means be smart. Do not base your self-worth on other people's opinions, other people's choices. It's solely about you. Be free with your authenticity and be so confident in yourself and bettering yourself that all this noise all around you does not matter because you have the best soundproof headphones on. That is the way you need to figure out for yourself how to do this to get through it. Okay, older generations, they won't understand and that's okay. It's not for them to understand. But the only way this stuff will work is if more people start joining in on this conversation, making more people aware. We live in an awareness society, but everybody wants their way doesn't do anything about it. Now it's time to do, okay? We need to start helping kids. We need to start helping ourselves. They need to see that we love ourselves so they can love their self themselves too, okay? It's, a, it's not a do as I say, not, as, not what I do, okay? We need to start being better, doing better, and helping better. Don't patronize. Listen if they want to be listened to or just sit with somebody without saying anything. You don't know how someone feels because you are not that person. You may have gone through something similar, but it's not the same. We need to do better at being human beings and being kind. And the best way to overcome cyberbullying is get more people to start talking about it. This happens to actors. This happens to kindergartners. This happens to everybody in between. This is not a unique incident. Cyberbullying affects almost everyone. So why are we not talking about it more and doing something more? This shouldn't be a, oh, I'll only react to it if it goes viral so it's something happens for me too and I get followers. That's BS. Do something because it's the right thing to do. See something, say something. Doing the right thing is always the right thing to do. Okay? Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's right. Love yourself. Be free with your authenticity. Ignore the noise, however that, what that means to you because it's not a one size fits all. Find a way to ignore the noise and your self value and self worth is based on your opinion and yours only, not influenced by everybody that wants to tear you down. Because if they tear you down, they might tear down someone who's weaker than you, who's looking to you for strength. You owe it to that other person to fight, to overcome it and to be better than it and to help affect change from it happening ever again. That is what I have to say about how to overcome cyberbullying and how to get more people in on the conversation. So I hope you guys are just as inspired and fired up as I am because I know it's affected my life and it's affected the lives of almost everyone that I know. And I really feel like we need to do better as human beings. Thank you.